So there are people watching this who consider themselves broke. How can they change being broke? Man, I don't broke is a mindset. Broke broke is a mindset. You may not have you may not have money, but you don't have to be broke because you don't have money. If you broke, I can't fix that. But if you don't have money, that's just we could fix that. There's tons of ways you can raise your income. And I even tell people, I didn't think about picking up a job. I worked at Equinox for nine dollars an hour. And now after college. After college, as an adult, three years ago, I was working at Equinox nine dollars an hour, making over six figures at my job. You wanna know what's next? They have their way. And we have this way. You're listening to the Hatchet's Way podcast with the mobile notary bagman himself, Mr. Andre C. Hatchet. Tune in. The Hatchet's Way podcast in studio edition. Stand up. Brooklyn. Yeah, we in here. <laughs> Pressure. Half a million on the board. Net worth. Income streams. Systems. Jobs. A dog. <laughs> vacations. A wife. And half a billion on the board. Anthony, what up, man? What's happening, How Dre? How you feeling, man? I'm well, I'm well. Good to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming out, man. Uh, great guy. Uh, we're like internet friends, but now we're like real friends. So it's dope. <laughs> been uh, waiting to meet you for a while. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Been um, been a pleasure seeing your journey. And also, which I said earlier, this boy don't like no debt either. So like, if y'all got <laughs> debt, don't even come around him. He's trying to get rid of it. Tell the people who you are, kind sir. Yes, uh, well, again, my name is Anthony Hardzog, uh, one half of the hard money with my wife. Uh, long story short, we paid off $114,000 of debt in 23 months, and that was the very beginning of our journey to financial freedom. Uh, fast forward to today, we own a rental property, we have a car rental business, and we own a, a residential cleaning company here in Dallas uh, three years ago, and we just reached our 500,000 sales. So. Ooh, cold. 500,000. So with all this going on, uh, so 500,000 in sales, so it's like 130, 150 a year or so? Yeah. So you obviously don't have a job because you can't work a full-time gig and make that kind of money on the side, right? No, we both still work our full-time jobs. I actually just got off of work. So. <laughs> <laughs> you still got a full-time gig? Full-time job, man. I'm not one of those, you got to quit your job you know, to, to work a side hustle, so I still work. As long as they pay me, I'm gonna show up. Really? So, so you, you'll work until you're 60, 65? No, I ain't say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, why so, you know, internet and Twitter and Instagram pressure is real for yeah. some people more than others. Why haven't you let them push you into leaving the job? I don't need no job. I got my own thing. Listen, I still got great benefits. Um, I've been with my company nine years. I'm a director. And most importantly, I manage 30 people. And so. a big part about my management style is that I try to get people where they want to be in terms of finances, in terms of relationships, in terms of their career. Mm -hmm. So I still got some more work to do to get people where they want to be. And I tell my managers that I'm not leaving until everybody under me gets to where they want to be. And then after that, I'm passing it off to one of my team managers to run it. Pressure. Uh, are you six figures? Yeah. Six figure business, six figure job. Uh, we're, we're blessed. We're blessed, and I don't. I don't take that for granted. You're from Brooklyn. I'm not. I'm from New York, though. I'm from New York, so close enough. I'm from Westchester. What was it like for you growing up in Brooklyn? Growing up in Brooklyn, man, I grew up in Bed-Stuy, born and raised, and we're not talking about the best style you see now with the multi coffee dollar. shops. No Mocha? coffee shops. There was nobody. They had some shops there, but they wasn't selling <laughs> coffee. Um, so growing up, growing up in Brooklyn, just like what Biggie said, everything he said was the way we grew up. Um, we grew up in, we actually did live in a brownstone, but it was a 
four family house. We had eight families in that house um, and it wasn't enough rooms for all of us, but we lived there, we made it work. And uh, I came home from school one day, quick story, and uh, the doors were barricaded because the cops came in. Oh shit. Back from school, I'm probably like eight, nine years old. Wow. And the doors are barricaded for drugs. They said have the drugs in and out that spot. So, uh, but we knew what it was when we came home from school. Went to a local uh, cousin's house because we all lived in the same area and we chilled out. But, um, but fast forward, uh, went to college and it came back to Brooklyn, lived in Bedstock. Now I lived in Bushwick, completely different from when I grew up. Mm-hmm. And then right before, right after that, got married and moved out to Dallas. Pressure. Uh, where you go to college? Uh, University of Albany, upstate New York. SUNY. Oh yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was the number one party school in the country for a few years. It was years. the number one party school for a while. <laughs> we used to have- Are you the reason? No, nah, I was, it was before my, it was during my time, but it, we wasn't the reason, I wasn't the reason, not you at like all. You were like 04 ish 04, 05? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, there was a number one party school. We had Fountain Day where they turned on the fountain and we all just had a big party and drinking and all of that. But college was really fun, man. Shout out to CUNY and I went to Lehman College. Okay. CUNY and SUNYs are severely underrated. Oh yeah. Severely underrated. Um, you take a lot of pride in your marriage. Oh yeah. Like a lot of pride. Shout out to you for that. You actually just called your wife and told her that, that you'll be busy for an hour. I'll hit you back when we're done just because you're trying to reach me. Where did you get those communication skills from? Um, I really don't know. I think a lot of it comes from us just just being just being open about the conversations we have. Um, I think a lot of it came from her. She's very outgoing, very personable, and she wants us to talk about everything. Everything. Good, bad, all that. Everything, whatever's happening in her day and whatever she's going through, we we try to talk about it. So um, I'm very introverted. I don't know if you could believe it or not, but I'm very introverted. So she kind of got me out of my shell early on. And we dated in middle school, so. You dated in middle school? We dated in middle school, and then uh, through high school, that was when I was kind of getting him to myself, and we kind of separated until we went away to college. Um, we broke up and then got back together after college. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. We, and we grew up in the same project building, too. That's what's up. Yeah. Where did she go to college at? She went to college at uh, SUNY O. Westbury and then got her master's at Hofstra University in Long Island. Stand up in Long Island, Strong Island. Oh, yeah. Why did you ask your wife to marry? Man, I told her this early on, and her family, we, was a, we used to have a running joke, like, oh, yeah, you guys gonna get married? And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna marry you. This is probably, what, 16, 15? You know, you're just, you're just saying things at that point, but mm-hmm. I knew in my heart that we would definitely come back around, so That's when we sorry. rekindled after college, I was like, oh, this gotta be a sign. Even though we were in the same building, I wasn't going back home as much as she was because she was in Long Island. I was yeah, in, I was upstate. So mm-hmm. when we got back together, it was like this is definitely going to happen. And I, I had a I was dating at the time, but I knew it was going to happen. I even told her that she had a boyfriend at the time too. <laughs> you took her? Yeah, it was. And she took you? We had a Drake moment at once. This is a, this is a running joke. We had. Yeah, you pulled her. You hit the hit the. <laughs> he pulled what her was, from her man. What was what was, Mar- was it Marvin's room? It's, it was Marvin's room. It's yeah. Drake's whole life. His whole, I was, most of I was drunk one night. And, oh, those uh, are the best ones. Yo, when the story starts, <laughs> I was drunk one night. I, the story starts I like it. that. I was drunk one night, and I'm like, yo, man, she she was driving me home from a party. I was too drunk, and she got a, her boyfriend called. We was, it was platonic friendship. Her boyfriend called. I'm in the back, like, slumped drunk, and she's like, she should be quiet, be quiet. I'm like, Man, F him, F him. This is a hat. It's not a cap or anything. It's just, just a hat. <laughs> I'm like, F him. You don't know he don't know what he got, blah, blah, blah. And listen, I'm a man and I was I told him the next day, like, listen, I shouldn't ask because we went to a park, um, because there's a, a Greek park or whatever. Um, and I told him the next day, like, listen, I apologize. That wasn't that wasn't a friendly of me, that wasn't man like. Uh, I meant it, but I apologize because I shouldn't have said that. Um, oh, 
And she, and she, she, she respected me for it. How long after that did y'all get together? Same it wasn't week? too long. It was, it was, probably, it, was it, it the same year? It was the same year. Pressure. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> How old were you then? We were, this is after college, so we was, I want to say maybe like 22, 23, around early 20s. Okay. And, and you've been together ever since then? Yeah, we were dating ever since then. Good stuff. Shout out to y'all. And we've been married for uh, about to be five years in May. Pressure. How is it working with your wife? Man, I'm, I tell this all the time. Like, if I wasn't married, I'd either be rich or I'd be really broke. Because wow, <laughs> I'd be really rich or really broke. <laughs> One of the extremes. <laughs> very, very extreme. And I say that because I got so many ideas, and most of the time she's like, "Eh, you might want to think about that," or mm. "This is probably not the time for that," or "You think I we should add that mean. to our plate right now?" Yeah. And most of the time, we probably can't, so we don't. Um, but it, it's it's a blessing because I got somebody who has my back all the time. Um, but also I got somebody who's gonna kick me in the ass and let me know like, all right, you we can't do that. Yeah. But you, I always that's say good. marriage is a cheat code, especially in business, because you, again, you got somebody who's right there who's gonna give you your flaws and let you know how well you're doing. Um, but it's been a blessing, man. I'm happy to have Pressure. be on this journey where. Um, we were talking earlier off camera about summers in New York City. Oh, yeah. um, the rooftops, the after work happy hours, the parks, the theater. Are you missing New York being in Dallas? Man, I miss I miss summers in New York being in Dallas, but I feel like Dallas has brought so many opportunities. I don't think I'd be here with you if I was in yeah, New York. I don't yeah. think I've, I've met these brothers um, behind true. the cameras. Um, and I've gotten, we've gotten so much further in our life because the problem with us living in New York was you work so hard to kind of just stay above water Literally. Literally. <laughs> you work so hard just to kind of float above water. Like you go to work, you come home, you're on a train, you're angry, you're upset, and then you just live for that weekend. So mm. um, being in Dallas, it gave us so much more free time. And it's funny, since we moved out here, a lot of our friends who were living in New York, they've either moved to Jersey or they moved to- They got the hell out of New York. Atlanta, they moved to Charlotte, they moved to different states. Um, and one of my friends, he actually moved out the country. So <laughs> people can see the value outside of New York. I love New yeah. York. Um, it's my heart, but I think the value that we get in Dallas is, is just different. I agree with that. Um, oh. You don't like debt. Nah. You, you hate it or you just don't like it? I'm, listen, I'm not, against, I'm not against debt. I feel like there is a lane and- Do you have any debt? No. All right, here we go. He don't like no that. He just don't want to shame nobody. Okay, go ahead. And I say that, and I say I'm not totally against it because you know there was a point in my life where it was like no debt, no nothing, mm. and then it was because we obviously couldn't manage. We had too much debt, and once we kind of got in front of it, it was like all right. We know how to manage credit cards better. We know how to manage our debt. And there is a such thing as leverage. And I believe in leverage. That's true. But I think one of the challenges is that people start to over leverage. You start over leveraging credit cards. You start That's over leveraging yeah. debt. And it becomes, a, it becomes a crippling factor for your life. So when we paid off our debt, we, hadn't, we haven't used credit cards. It was, at, it was like two, three years. We haven't used credit cards. And <laughs> we haven't used credit cards. And when we did, it was like, wow, we haven't used this card. We Actually, we had a card that canceled on us because we didn't use it, which was... <laughs> That sucked because our credit score dropped, but then it always comes back up. That's the thing about credit. And and, and your credit score always comes back up because they want you to use it. So um, yeah. I'm not totally against it, but I think at the time we were in our in our lives, we just weren't for it. Gotcha. And I believe there's a there's a time and a place for everything. For your rental property that yeah, I got shout to y'all for on, on, on the rental property. Did you finance that even? Or did yeah, you? we did. We okay. financed that and I'm literally trying to 
pay it off. I'm trying to pay for cash right now for it. So wow, yeah, I want it. You I don't can, like that. And I and I think I'm totally fine with leveraging, but I just feel like at some point it just you just don't want to over leverage. You see people are like I got a hundred properties, but you got tons of debt on them. What happens if I respect it? What happens if you just aren't able to pay them? It, it goes downhill. Yeah, I respect it. What got you on the pay off the debt journey? Man, we were. What happened? So December 2016, we were gonna use our credit cards to, like we normally do to, um, to buy Christmas gifts. And that's what we did. It was like $5,000. We put the credit cards on the, we put the Christmas gifts on the credit cards. And then uh, it was, what happened after that? We were trying to pay it off and we realized that we had to go into our savings account. That's what happened. I couldn't remember. You had to go into savings account. We, could, we had to go into our savings account to pay off the credit cards. We didn't have the money in our check, you know, check-in savings and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So I was like, listen, we can't live like this. So 2017, January comes, my wife was like, all right, I want to travel more and I want to save more. I'm like, that's going to be almost impossible to do because it's, it's literally hard to do both. We're going to mm -hmm. travel more and save more. So let's just focus on one thing. Um, if you want to travel more, we could do that. Let's focus on paying off the debt. And she's like, wow. I was like, listen to this Dave Ramsey guy. And he talked about paying off debt. And I was like, it might be a good idea for us to try it. And I was like, I promise if we pay off the debt, the debt we could travel as much as you want. And she, was, she wasn't for it. She's like, nah, nobody pays off debt. That's not a real thing. You mm. never hear about that. Cause you never hear about people in our community paying off debt or even talking about paying yeah. off debt. It's kind of like you got student loans, you got car notes, you're going to die with it. So it was a uh, Valentine's day. She got me the, the financial peace university course which is like a nine week course with Dave Ramsey. You sit down and go through marriage, marriage counseling, relationship counseling, or just, and just money counseling. So we did that class for nine weeks. Every week we were there front row and center and it was game on after that. Wow. Do you have a budget? Oh yeah, we budget every single month. And I know they did because they talk about it. On oh social yeah, media. <laughs> and we're gonna tell y'all to budget too. And the reason we and the, and the reason we budget is because we want to know what's happening in our finances, just like we want to know what's happening in our businesses, just so we, like we want to know what's happening in our relationships. So cool. we we go through this stuff every single month. It's not just a budget meeting; it's more of a family recap for the month, what's happening. Let's sit down and talk about it. So we do that every month. Do you go over all your expenses? Um, yeah, because we have one. We have we have one joint checking account and all of our money goes into that. So her money it, and your money. Yeah, all it's all one, we, we one family, one money, one budget and it's all. And I know other people, some people are like, I want my own money. I don't want him yeah. seeing, she knows how much I make. I know as much she make. And it all goes to the same pot. And the only money that doesn't go into that pot is our, uh, we call it, our, I call it our allowance. <laughs> but I don't, I don't use the money. So my, my personal money is kind of grown because I don't buy much. I might buy a pair of Jordans here and there, but um, and that's how we, how we budget our money. I respect the unity. Uh, I respect the unity and the openness and the one accord that y'all are on. Yeah. Did you grow up seeing that? Did she grow up seeing that? Or did y'all learn that from some books or somebody else? That's actually uh, an amazing question because I, she grew up in a single family household. Her mother's a teacher. Her mother's still a teacher and she needs to retire. We've been trying to get her to move down here to retire. But okay. That's another story. Teachers, Sano, teachers, teachers are, work, yeah. Teachers work, especially in New York right now with everything that's happening, they work. So mm -hmm. salute to them. Shout salute. out to the teachers. Shout out, shout out to the teachers. Um, so she grew up in a single family household. Her mother supported her, um, but her father was in her life too. So okay. she didn't have that, you know, 
dual family relationship, but she's her father was in her life to a gotcha. certain extent. Me on my side, I had my mother and my father. We lived in the same house always. My uh, my birth father passed, but then my stepfather stepped in. And he, I, I saw that kind of dynamic a little bit, but That's what's up. Um, I just knew he always wanted to make sure she was taken care of. So I wouldn't have seen. I wouldn't say I saw the money part of it, but I saw him always trying to um, just take care of the family and take care of her as well. So I say a little bit of that. Deep. If you buy another, if you buy a primary residence, because y'all rent now, or y'all got primary, right. um, if you bought a primary residence, but would you buy a primary residence? That's a problem. That's a, not, I won't say it's a problem. That's a discussion we have all the time. Is like, do we mm. want to buy a house? Um, and we were going to, we was like, all right, 2021, we're going to buy a house because our lease was up. It's like, well, we don't want to buy a house right now. We're too lazy. The pandemic's happening. <laughs> and it's like, all right, let's just go another year. They say, most people that want to buy a house, you live in a you live in a residence. It's like three to five years because you don't want to move from that spot. And we've been in this spot for two years. Okay. And the spot before this, we were living for three years. So the goal is to buy a house one day, but I just don't know when. We just been lazy, man. Honestly, you, we call the we call the the complex to come replace our light bulbs, change our filter. <laughs> you got a good thing going. We got the amenities. We got Y'all the gym. Got a good thing going. We got the balcony. The dog is on the balcony. So you love your dog. I love my dog, you man. Love your dog. Your dog, the gym, the wife, and trips. <laughs> How often are y'all on a boat or a plane? Um, in, a, I, in a foreign country, we the first time we spoke, you were in a, you were in Africa. Yeah, man, that, that was a dope experience. Africa was a dope experience. It was my first time going. I'm not huge to travel. I'm not into traveling much, man. My wife is. Uh, you look it, like you're having fun though. That's the thing about me, right? If you I'm, get there, you're gonna be loud. I'm not the person that's gonna plan. Like she, she's like, all right, here's where we, here's where we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about the budget, whatever. I don't, sometimes I don't even talk about the budget. I'm like, all right, cool, just book it because we have a travel savings account. Every single check that comes in, money comes out. It goes to the travel savings account. Whatever she wants to travel, that money just comes out that account. So Damn, it, y'all are organized. Yeah, you gotta be, man. You can't. Whew. We're not just gonna get up and just travel to Africa. We like Excel spreadsheets and all this stuff. Nah, we don't. How, we how just. How do y'all break it down? It's just automatic at this point. Literally, we got rules set up in our Capital One bank account, our ally ally bank accounts, where it's just every single check that comes in, this percentage goes to travel, this percentage goes here. Um, but I'm not a big traveler, man. She okay. wants to travel. I'm more along the lines of, you know what? Hey, let's do it. Is is our money in order? Do we got the funds? Do we got to dig into our savings? And most of the time I just show up. I'm like, I'm not even excited until we get there. Yeah, once you get there though. Yeah, once I get there, it's late. I'm on, like, give me the give me the margarita on the beach. But most of the time it's like, eh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So oh, um, I'm not a big traveler. I think that's me growing up too. I didn't travel out. I didn't travel anywhere until I went to Mexico after college. Mm. So I think I went to Florida as a baby, but outside of that, that was my first flight. Cool. I needed a passport, and I didn't have one before that, so. Got it. We have something in common. We both have non-sexy businesses that make us, that have made us over half a million dollars. Yes. Pressure to that. <laughs> yes. Pressure to that. What got you, um, from for uh, you guys don't know, me with the mobile notary business, which people still don't always understand what I do, but I make, a good amount of money since for the past 15 years that I've helped thousands of people do the same. Go to the 2 through 12 kclubcom 2 through 12 kclubcom to enroll to learn how to become a mobile notary public. All right, Anthony, how did y'all get into the cleaning business? How are you enjoying it? So before we get that, salute to you because Thank you, sir. I told my wife I was meeting up with, with Dre and she's like, the mobile notary guy, you, that is a brand. <laughs> people call me. That is a brand. <laughs> So salute to you. I appreciate that. that. It, Shout it, out to the wife. Shout out to you. <laughs> it is not. It is not a sexy business. Um, who wants to clean houses? We didn't want to clean houses, and the reason we started our business, number one, we were trying to pay off debt. So mm. I was listening to a podcast. Most of my stories start like I was listening to a podcast. So I was drunk. Or, 
Yo, two of the best ways to start a story. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I was drinking too much. So I was listening to a podcast. I heard this story about a college kid uh, making over $10,000 a month cleaning houses. Wow. And I said, we were featured on that podcast too. Um, but it was, it was like, no way. And I hit him up. And he told me like, yeah, man, that's what I do. That's how I did it. I'm like, all right, cool. He gave me the very basics, but I got to figure the rest out. Copy. I'm on it. So brought it to my wife. I was like, listen, we're going to start a cleaning business, but we're not going to clean houses. She said, how the hell are we going to do that? I was like, we're going to subcontract the workout. Mm -hmm. So that's literally the way we started our business. We And we consider ourselves like the Uber, the Airbnb, the Amazon, the Lyfts. Um, pretty much there is a service. There's a person who needs that service. And there's a person who can yep. perform the service. I um, mean, we just connect them. Mental man and your way to millions. Yeah. Um, and you also start, started teaching people how to do this online. How have you been enjoying the course creation e-commerce business side of things? That was, that came at a, at a perfect time. That was a blessing. Cause we were in the business for three years at that point. And we never thought about teaching it. We used to put the information out there. We do some IG lives, people mm -hmm. ask questions, but we didn't know that there was a market for it. That people were really interested in hearing about this or learning about it, especially from us. Mm -hmm. So we could have started it year one and created a course, but I think it came down to the, the pandemic started. Yep. And we were, the cleaning business started slowing down and we had more time and I was like, I wanna create another course. And we hopped on IG Live and I was like, I'm gonna do something. And I said, <laughs> I'm gonna do something. So we hopped on IG Live, we gave away, we gave away the whole course on IG Live for like an hour. And I was like, all right guys, we're gonna create a course. If you wanna buy the course, I created the link while we was on IG Live. I was like, go, go mm. here, it's a pre-sale. Go buy it. And I said, I told my wife. $99. I, I said, yep. 95, I said, 99? It was 99. 99. And I said, if I said, three people buy, I'm gonna create the course. I'll do it myself without you. And she's like, <laughs> I said, I'll do it myself. I was like, that's enough, that's enough incentive for me to go and do it. And um, she's like, no, if 10 people buy it, we'll do it together. We had, I think we had 50 pre-sales. We had 20 from the IG Live, and then we had like 50 pre-sales that week. And I was like, oh wow, people want to know this information. And then from there, it was like documenting everything that we were doing. But the thing about it is we were also kind of documenting it, our SOPs, in case we brought somebody in to kind of help us manage it. Mm. What does um, SOP stand for? Uh, standard Operating Procedures. Gotcha, gotcha. So we kind of was writing down everything that we were doing and we already had it written down. So it's like, if we just take this and turn it into a course, but also make it um, relatable to people. Relatable's big. And people were just buying it. So it's been a blessing, man. It came at the right time, especially in the pandemic. And it's been a blessing and we love it. We love teaching. <laughs> Pressure right there. How you doing with the sales? It's good. We've had, I think, almost 900 in sales, 900 core sales. We've done, I think. That's a lot. I think we've done 90,000. Um, Put a billy on the board. <laughs> I think we've done 90,000 in core sales and consultations. We've done, I think, about 10,000 in consultations. So, and we're going to raise our prices soon. So, so you had 100, you had 100 with that. Yeah. It's. Uh, it started April, March, April, May, probably. I think March, May. May. I think May. A hundred bands. Monetize your gifts, Man, boy. That, Monetize your gifts. Shout out amazing. to y'all. Yeah, I appreciate that. How many income systems do you have? I don't know, man. I, Rich people stuff. We heard that no. three times today. <laughs> three times people did not know how many they have. <laughs> because the thing about it is, it's like we, we, like even my wife, she does therapy and um, I can say my wife, Janoka, she does therapy and she has she has two platforms that she's on outside of her nine to five that take up that take up some hours, but she loves doing therapy. So mm. that's that could be counted as two. We're gonna count our nine to fives. 
Yeah. That's that's four. Each of us four. got our nine to fives. The course. We, the course. The consultations. Six. The group. We have a group. Uh, paid membership group. That that's seven. I love paid membership groups. Paid membership oh, groups. Um, I love it. And the thing about it, we started to pay membership because we're getting so many questions on the same thing. I was like, you guys just ask each other. And we mm. we started doing um, monthly conversations, monthly meetups with them. So we try to provide value to them, but also they can provide value to each other. Um, I think we had, what was that, eight? Yeah. I don't know. I think at eight, I think it was just eight. We actually just bought a virtual assistant company too. Oh, a ver- Four, because we were, we were doing- You hear this, Jalen? <laughs> yeah, and we did this because we were, we were actually using the virtual assistant company for our cleaning business. Yeah. And they were gonna close, and I'm like, no, uh-uh, we can't have you guys close. Like, how can we, we provide need, yeah. value to you? I was like, I'll run this myself. And they was like, nah, we don't wanna run it, it's not making money. I'm like, all right, it's not making money, but I'm getting value from it. That means they are underselling it because I'm paying, I'm not paying nothing for this. It was like $400 mm. a month. I'm like, I'm not paying nothing for this, but I know the value. So that means yeah. undervalued business, like real estate, like anything else. I was like, let's find out how we could grow this. So we never been in virtual system business. We just know we like the service because we use it and we know yeah. it provides value. So we haven't, we're not making no money there. That's going to be a, that's going to be a drainer for a little bit, but we know this value in it. So we're going to see how that goes. And it's just for cleaning business owners. Just for cleaning business Because we know that business and that's where it makes sense for us. What's your average profit margin or percentage per uh, cleaning business transaction? Uh, 25%. So for the $200 job, you're getting 50? Mm-hmm. Not and bad. And if you do enough of those, we do about six, seven jobs a day. That's the way we kind of tell our students. It was like, well, how do you make money from it? It was like, well, you don't make money the first time you're doing a job. The money yeah. is re- in re- reoccurring income. So we start a month. Every, now we, we're at the point where every month is $10,000 of money. We don't have to we don't have to fight for it. We don't have to pay for it. It's not ads or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything above that, you're either going to pay for it, it's going to be profit. So it's, we try to do about 20 25% um, profit margins on that. Sweet, sweet. Why do most people not create a budget and or stick to a budget? Because it's not sexy. Ooh. But you know what you do? It's not sexy. You know what we do is not sexy. <laughs> but we're doing all right. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing all right. It's not sexy. We tell somebody you gotta create a budget, it's like, I don't wanna do that. But to me, a budget is you telling your money. And they might feel like they're being cheap. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's you telling yourself how you're gonna spend your money. Once you kind of think about it like that, it's like, all right, I got $10,000 a month to budget. How am I gonna spend this money? Versus I'm restricted by what I could use in this in this, in this this spreadsheet with everyone to use. Mm. So that's one way we think about it. How are we that's gonna good. spend our money this month? Is it gonna go mostly to savings, investments? Are we gonna try to do something else? Are we gonna pay off debt? That's good, that's good. Um, real quick guys, check out this commercial, bam. Uh, you guys put out a, I love you guys' transparency too, so helpful. You, you, you guys put out a post, it's a really good slides too. Your, your, your little, I don't know if it's Canva or whatever, y'all, your little oh, slide. Oh, yeah, we use Canva. <laughs> slides is tight. Uh, you gotta have a, have a net worth, QAJ, half a million dollars. Yeah. Put a billy on the board. <laughs> That's the New York thing, y'all know about that. Yeah. Uh, congrats on that. Thank you, thank you. You're 35. Yep. Your wife is 32. Yep, 31, she's turning 32 this year. Okay. But yes, pretty oh, much. Um, that's a lot of money. <laughs> growing, growing up in Brooklyn, man, it's, I never thought I'd have a property, I never thought I'd have a business, never thought I'd have anything that we have. Wow. Being in debt, never thought we'd be able to kind of get to where we are. And you were in debt four years ago. Yeah. 100 plus. Yeah. Can you break down where the net, um, where the net worth came from? Yeah, so um, shoot. Where do we start? Where do we start? So investments, I would say our investment portfolio is about 
200 nets. No, about 100, 200 in our brokerage. Um, were you talking about that? With that, how you want to break it down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could about, do that. About 200 in our brokerage. And that's stocks? That's stocks. Mutual stock. stocks. Yep. Okay. okay. Um, retirement, I think, is about another 200. That's Roth IRA, yep. 401k, all that. Yep, yep, yep. And then I think the other 100 is just cash right now. Which Pressure. is unfortunate because I want to, like, I saw the, you I, saw put the I saw the sale today in the market. I saw the sale all week. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, you can't just throw the money in the stock market. I was like, it's, it's not doing anything else. So it's either that or we're going to spend the money to pay off this house. She better make a decision. And I hope she's listening to this. <laughs> when, <laughs> when did uh, you guys start investing for your retirement? Um, shoot, my first job, I wasn't, I didn't have, I didn't know what a 401k was. I wasn't even trying it. I didn't, cause the thing about it, you're like, I'm not retiring no time soon. That's what we think. I'm not retiring no time soon. And um, we're 35 so, and we're like, oh, it's 50, 15 years away. Yeah. So yeah. I wasn't retiring no time soon. So I would say when I got my first serious career job, most people are like, oh, I'm going to start saving more when I make more. And that was my mindset too. Um, but you can start saving at any point in life. Mm -hmm. So I would say when I first was at the district court, um, I met with a, a brother. He was actually my, my manager. In he Brooklyn? Asked, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Actually, he was in Albany. We was at the U.S. District Court in Albany. Okay. Uh, but he was from Brooklyn too. That's why we clicked. Brooklyn people uh, get along. I was I was not qualified for that, for that job. But he... <laughs> Man, it was an IT job. I was the youngest. You're the district court. Everybody that works there is about 50, 60 years old. He said I was not qualified. I was not qualified. Job. I came to that job not knowing nothing, but he's like, listen, he was black. I was black, both from Brooklyn. He's like, I know you, I know you're gonna do great things, man. I see it. Yeah. Um, and he was like, he's like, all right, they're gonna talk to you about the retirement stuff. Just make sure you're putting something aside. Just put something aside. And then um that's when I started. I was probably shoot, I was maybe like 24, I think. I think I was 23, 24. He's like, just put something. Actually, I think I was 23, 22, 23. And he's like, put something aside. And it's funny, when I left that company, you know, they asked you, do you want to transfer it over to, do you want to roll it over to another company? Did you go into it? I was like, nah, give me that check. And they take out like 25%. I didn't know. It wasn't much, but I, that, I'd probably say that's when I started. I probably spent that on like Hennessy or something like that. So. I knew you lit. <laughs> How have you stayed consistent with investing for your retirement? Um, every single month, I think we do, I think we do about 10% of our check goes into retirement every single month, no matter what happens. Um, and then our brokers, we do about, we think about it as we, we said, once we get out of debt, whatever money we were throwing to debt every single month, we're going to start investing our savings. So we do about 5,000 a month into, um, some sort of investment, maybe be saving for another business or cause she yeah. wants, she wants to do some stuff on her own. So saving for another business or saving for retirement or even just, um, a taxable brokerage. So we make sure at least 5,000 is going to something that we can't touch or growing something to grow in the future. Very commendable. So there are people watching this who consider themselves broke. How can they change being broke? Man, I don't, broke is a mindset. Broke, broke is a mindset. You may not have, you may not have money, but you don't have to be broke because you don't have money. If you broke, I can't fix that. But if you don't have money, that's just, we could fix that. There's tons of ways you can raise your income. And I even tell people, I didn't think about picking up a job. I worked at Equinox for nine dollars an hour. And now after I, college. After college, as an adult, three years ago, I was working at Equinox nine dollars an hour, making over six figures at my job. That's a pause, that's a timeout. I know people who are jobless and or broke who wouldn't do that because they are too prideful. You were making 100,000 plus at the nine to five. You worked for $9 an hour to pay off your debt and, and to stack more. Yeah. Highly commendable. I appreciate that. How do you not have, how did your ego not get in the way of that? We had we had goals that were bigger than today. Our our goals are bigger than just now. That that job was bigger than right now. That non-ops was bigger than right now. So 
everything was long term. I went there, I worked nine to five and I went there from five to 10. I started, I lost a lot of weight working there too <laughs> because I couldn't eat. I would go from work and I would be there till 10 o'clock and I lost a lot of weight, but it was, I knew my goals, our goals were bigger than what we were doing right now. So I would come in in my suit. I'm not dressed like a suit, like I'd be coming in, but mm -hmm. I came in my suit and I would dress down to, I had like a black tee like this, some black jeans and some some sneakers that I probably could get dirty. Yeah. Just go picking up towels, wiping down machines. But I took pride in that. I was offered the manager role there. I'm oh, like, shit. I was like, I don't have the time. <laughs> but my wife- <laughs> you thought about it though. Yeah, Janoka, my wife, she got, she got promoted there. She actually started working there at the front desk. So she's like, he's going to make money. Why can't I make money? So I was like, let me put the word in. They worked there together. She, yeah, we worked there together. She started making $10 an hour starting there and she became a manager at the front desk. I was like, I don't know how you're going to do this, but yeah, that was that was a good time. I enjoyed it. We were very we were very humble, um, but we made a lot of good connections. A lot of people from like Preston Hollow and Dallas, which is one of the most prestigious areas, worked there, and they were just showing love because they knew we were bigger than what we were just doing right now. It's amazing. It's amazing what people, what smart, what wise people do to get ahead, and what non wise people won't do to get ahead. Um, half a million dollars net worth worked not for nine dollars an hour while working uh, while making a hundred k at the gig. That's a big deal. So back to the let's say the broke thing. Yeah. What are some action steps someone can take who says that they can't save money but they work full time? Yep. That that they don't make enough money and they can't save money. What are a few action steps that they could take? I would say the first thing is figuring out is there anything that you could cut in your budget? Um, I hate to say, mm. especially it depends on it depends on where you are in your financial situation. But I would say find out if there's anything you could cut. Um, and it's gonna take it's gonna take some time. It's not gonna be something that's gonna happen overnight. Yeah. So find out if there's any. It's like a let's say you got a pot and you got all the water in that pot, but there's a hole in the pot. That means you're gonna start losing in the water that's which is your money because it's leaking out the pot so find out if there's any holes in your pot like we'll sit down and we'll go through people's budget and it's like oh i didn't know i still had that subscription i haven't used that in months it's been over a year and that's ten dollars and stuff it's, that's nothing that's but it adds up so it's now it's ten dollars here cell phone bill was another we saved we saved money by we had a we had a family account just me and my wife we were paying two hundred dollars I was like, wait, we moved to her father's account. We brought her cousin on. Now it's six of us. Now we pay $80 a month for both of us. And I was like, that was, so now, wow. so now we're saving that money. All right, you just saved on a subscription. That's $200, over $200 a month you could be saving. So number one, find out if there's any, any leaks in your, in your, pot, out. In your money. Um, but then also we talk about raising your income. Find something that you could raise your income. That could be another job. Most people say, I don't have the time to pick up another job. And there's always time in a day, but let's say you don't have enough time. Is there any skills that you could exchange money for? So let's say it's not physically going to a job, which I understand. Is there anything online you could do? Can you become a virtual assistant um mm -hmm. is there anything you could be an admin for someone you could it's tons yep. of things you could do online where you can start to raise money can you create graphics for someone you're not leaving your house canva um, hit it up master that upwork.com um i was i was actually doing um i was actually doing blogging for people in the financial space early on to kind of make like i was making like ten dollars a blog nothing much but it adds up i wasn't leaving my house so i started writing financial articles for people wow. so there's tons of ways i would say also trying to raise your income so cut the expenses that you can i know there's only there's only so much money you could cut but your income potential is unlimited you could always make more money always no matter always how much you make money. there's always the ability to make more money so um find out if there's any incomes that you could just add onto your plate so so we're men we're dudes we're from new york what if we're meeting a woman or dating a woman and she calls us cheap because we have a budget and we're sticking to our budget <laughs> pressure man um I would say, hey, she may not be for you, or, 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 
she may not understand the whole thing about a budget. She may she may have heard that word her whole life and it may have just triggered her, oh, this guy is broke because he has a budget. Or she might have seen something in her family where they couldn't do anything because they always had the budget. So I would just say she's either not for you or if you were really interested in this young lady, find out why does she think that. And I'm always I'm always open to the conversation. Why do you think that, you know, I'm broke or we can't afford to go out because I said it's not right now? Doesn't mean no, it may not be not right now. Not right now. Um, so I would say have that conversation. I wanna say completely cut her to the side, especially if you like her. Mm, I'd say I'd say start right there. My thing is never go broke for a woman. Because if you're broke, you're not gonna have her anyway. <laughs> That's true. So, so she needs to respect. <laughs> so, so we have two. Hit the camera on y'all real quick, if that's possible. So, so we have our boys here, David and Jalen. Shout out to y'all. Hold yeah, it, we, holding we it down. Be. They both hit that little sound that y'all just heard. They both hit it. <laughs> At the same time, hey, <laughs> and we recorded four episodes, and they haven't both did it at the same time yet. That was a bar. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Um, I am a believer in doing certain things, but you have to have a line, and she needs to respect it. Yeah, and you get in neutral yourself. You going broke? That ain't it, fam. Because she's still boss anyway. So have your. Have your line, have your line, and have a conversation about it. Hopefully she oh, yeah. respects it. That's important, that conversation part. Because yeah. especially if you're trying to build with that young lady, man, you don't have a conversation, it. it's not gonna go anywhere. We talk to people all the time and it's like, you don't marry a new person, you marry the same person that you already dated. <laughs> so by the time you get married, all those habits that you saw, you thought they were gonna change because there was a ring in place? <laughs> or you might've went to the church, you thought God was gonna sanction your marriage and that was gonna change it? That, that wasn't gonna happen. Deep. So have those conversations early and often. We're gonna wrap it up. I got some game, yeah. yeah I got some game too. This is this, this is game. Good talk. Um, what does forty look like for you? Man, I'm barely thirty five, but forty. I think um, I think I'll be done with my job by forty. Though. Done with job, okay. I think I think our cleaning business is really going to take off because now I think we're getting more focused um, and we have the resources to kind of push it the way we want to. Um, I think we'll have our house by 40. Okay. I think we may have two kids. We don't have any kids right now. I think we'll okay. probably have two kids. Have our house, you know, the dog running in the back backyard. We're not gonna get our dream house at 40. Nah, we're gonna, we gonna work towards that. That's, I respect that. She, I talked her out of her dream house, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's start with the start at home. Well, yeah. we're gonna do that. But start I think that's home. what 40 looks like. Um, financially, like I said, we're not gonna probably not be working our jobs anymore. Hold me to it. I'm gonna need y'all to hold me to it. Got you. Five years checking. Um, Got I think you. that's where we're gonna be, man. Build more relationships with people like you guys appreciate be able it. to travel and do whatever we want when we want but also providing value to others um that's what we about well you're doing it it's impressive uh it's it's relatable and, it, and it's motivating um I, i'll tell you that who should own a cleaning business and who should take your course man i would say people that want to create another um, another part, another more additional income, but also a person that's had this in the back of their mind, like, listen, they've seen our videos, they thought about it, they had a family member, or somebody who's really good at business, because I had a student who he had, he had, I had no inclination to clean the business, he had no inclination, but he took our course, and he's like, I figured this out. He came to me, he was like, I did 25,000 this month. I was like, wait. Holy shit. I said, wait. I said, I've done that Put once. Put a you on the... And he's in less, this is less than a year. He's like, but he's really good at systems. He's really good at process and procedures. He's like, and he's like, I got it. That's a it. whole skill set right there. 
And it's transferable. It is. And he, he does real estate. He does real estate and he has, he does contractors and flips and stuff like that. He's like, uh, you know, he said, I'm on track to do 25, 25 this month. And I was like, that is amazing. So someone that's who's true. really good at process and procedures, but also someone that's really diligent and a hard worker. Because it's not easy. Yeah. It took us three years to get here. It took us a lot of Googling. It took us a lot of, you know, bumps and bruises to get here. But somebody that's diligent and has a great knowledge about process and procedures is definitely for them. Anthony, the legend. Half a Billy on the board. Shout out to the wife. Shout out to seeing you uh, worth four million, ten million plus, twenty million plus by forty. Good meeting you, brother. Nice meeting you as well. The Hackers Way Podcast episode. I don't know the number because we keep on recording these shit. You've been listening to the Hatchet's Way podcast with Andre C. Hatchet. Be sure to follow Andre on Instagram at Andre C. Hatchet. That's A-N-D-R-E-C-H-A-T-C-H-E-T-T. Or if you want some of the flyest merch on the planet, go to ownorbeowned.co. That's ownorbeowned.co. And as always, you can check out how to become a successful mobile notary at notarybootcamp.com. That's notarybootcamp.com. We'll see you here next time. Yeah, let's come.